This is the Coleman Associate Innovation Podcast. Innovation? Yeah, innovation. New, original, and creative. This podcast is designed to challenge the way you think about how healthcare is delivered. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt. I'm your host, Ryan Jury. We are about to explore practical solutions and hear about how out-of-reach results are obtained. Welcome to this installment of the Coleman Associate Innovation Podcast. We are excited to produce another episode for all of you out there, so please help us spread this podcast by sharing with a friend. The recordings for this episode deviated from our normals as we try to provide meaningful content and keep everyone safe, so you'll notice some changes in quality. During this installment, we're going to define, unpack, and explore the benefits of care coordination and care and case management during the COVID-19 pandemic. Adrian Mann, who we interview later, summed up the potential this episode has for your health center. There's a lot of conversation, so the world of COVID uh, for for us, maybe it's a month, two months, three months, whatever it is, there's this craziness of just everything is changing so fast. Um, and one of the conversations that's happening right now during mass testing is we test people, then what? And we haven't really figured out what we do after we either decide someone is positive or negative. So or what is the void that needs to be filled post-testing? So, you know, the everyone keeps talking about the, mm-hmm. the Rahm Emanuel quote that never let a good crisis go to waste. Right. And um, I think the, the good thing is that most health centers are pretty used to living in chaos. So even probably before COVID-19, if we're all being a little bit honest, is there was a lot of chaos on the floor already. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this is a this is a good opportunity to bring people into the fold of community health after testing, but also mm-hmm. to kind of build a process that is going to look better in the future. Okay. Um, and frankly, I think is a less exhausting process so that we don't we don't leave this time of extreme crisis and go back to the just original chaos that was right. living in a health center. In order to innovatively change your health center and begin doing care and case management and care coordination, we now have the wonderful opportunity to hear from Dr. Art Jones, who's the chief medical officer at Medical Home Network in Illinois and works with health management associates. It is a pleasure to have you share your wealth and knowledge with us. Thank you, Dr. Art Jones, for joining us. You know, just out the gate are what have you seen as kind of some best practices for case management in an FQHC world in relation to how they deliver case management or care management? I think the terms get interchangeably used. So is there a difference? And then what are some case best cases out there? Yeah. The, yeah. The terms that often get interchanged is, is, is care coordination and care management and case management. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it does, it does depend on whoever's using them to def- define them. Um, we, we define um, care management as really being um, uh, proactive um, health risk assessment and creating care plans of complex high risk individuals and coming up with individualized care goals that the um that the patient and the care management team can work together on. Um, case management often is used more along the lines of a health plan, um, really focusing their their resources on people that are hospitalized and, and managing through transitions of care. Um, mm-hmm. So that's often how the term is used, although again, not universal. And care coordination is more of a function that is um, 
helping um, patients um, move, uh, navigate the system, um, address gaps in care, doing some um, some education type things, often applied to the general um, panel that a um, that a uh, provider or a care management entity may have. Okay. So everyone sort of gets some care coordination activities, but care management's more reserved for complex individuals. So the hospital discharge planning that was. Hospital is more case management. So patients been hospitalized. I'm going to manage them during transition to care. Um, I that's often how that term is used. In terms of COVID nineteen as pandemic, why is this even more important to be able to do this hospital case management? Yeah. So I think when we talk about hospital case management, we should break it down into whether someone was seen in the emergency room diagnosed with COVID-19 um, or, or COVID-19 symptoms and more, more commonly had testing um, mm-hmm. waiting for the results versus somebody who's hospitalized. So those that are seen in the ED and discharge home, mm-hmm. um, that case management is all about um, what they can do within their uh, home setting to reduce the risk of transmission to other other household members. Um, it's about what are the symptoms that um, I should be looking for, and specifically what are the symptoms that I should would would prompt me to come back to the emergency room or try and get in touch with my primary care provider. Okay, um, it's things like keeping hydrated, keeping your fever down, that kind of thing. Um, when somebody's been sick enough to be hospitalized, mm-hmm. um, case management is very much. Those are much sicker patients. They may come come be discharged with some mental status changes. Mm-hmm. They may come home with some chronic um, uh, breathing, respiratory type symptoms. So it's really tailored more to their specific condition at time of, of discharge from the hospital. In terms of case management with the emergency room discharges or hospitalization, um, is it around kind of doing a good thorough assessment of like medication reconciliations discharge instructions and those signs and symptoms for from your case managers well in terms of med in terms of med reconciliation again since there's not specific treatment um, for most uh, COVID-19 there's not an extensive unlike a lot of other chronic conditions not a big extensive new set of medications um, right. typically that's there okay. but it's very much about about controlling your symptoms and reducing your chance of transmission to others okay so if I was uh, a health center that had never done case management or maybe we've done, you know, we get an alert and we try to schedule an appointment or regardless of kind of where we come from, um, what are some kind of out the gate foundational first steps that I should take to be able to build or, or develop a, a workflow or program to support these patients transitioning? Yeah. So I think that one thing you want to do is have a have a agreed upon script that your um, case managers would be using. Um, what are the questions they want to ask? What's the instructions they want to give? Um, you want to know how you want to be sure and instruct the patients how they can get back in touch with you, um, usually through your telehealth services, um, to if they have further uh, change in change in symptoms or they have further questions. So I think really understanding what your what what the script is that you want to be communicating to people would be a good start, and then you want to decide which type of person again, if someone's sick enough to be um, to be um, hospitalized or go to the emergency room, um, then. Um, you want to be sure that um, you have a clinical person that's doing those calls. I mean, the group that we didn't talk about are people that go to the emergency room um, 
uh, is um, that don't have symptoms. But let me back up for a second. So if uh, because patients often don't have their diagnosis back by the time that they are returned back home, is you want to help them um, get their results of their COVID-19 screening test as well. So that would be another important. You want to develop a, develop a relationship with the local hospital ED um, mm-hmm. and help facilitate that patient getting their results and then interpreting what those results mean for them. Okay. And then you were talking about the people that could do this work is obviously yeah. some of the clinical. So, is, I mean, is that physician? Is that nurse? Like, what were we talking in the realm no. of uh, clinical? Yeah. I think it could be it could be a nurse. It could be um, a primary care provider. Either one would be well would be good. Um, what I was thinking about there is you're also going to have a group of people that are going to the emergency room for non COVID nineteen um, suspect um, symptoms, and those are people that you want to be following up with. Um, and these could be very much with a non clinical licensed person, because uh, part of that really is education. If someone's going for for you know relatively minor symptoms that that are not urgent or emergent then the education's got to be um, outreach to them as far as what risk they're putting themselves at, but most importantly, how they could have, in retrospect, gotten those those um, their concerns addressed through telehealth. Cause just because we offer telehealth doesn't mean that people know to, how to access that, that uh, those uh, those resources. So that very much could be done by a non-clinically licensed person. What is the role of case manager in this next wave of kind of managing this pandemic? Yeah, so I think this will move into a care coordination role where you want to be um, educating your entire population, um, particularly as we go through the three the three phases um, of knowing when um, of knowing when do I move from phase one to phase two, which reduces my um, my restriction as far as um, travel, mm-hmm. um, and what are, what does that mean for me? And that means differently. For example, for an elderly person who really should be still sheltered in place um, versus a younger person. Um, I think it's going to be important for them to know where they can go and get testing if they are either developing symptoms or are exposed to somebody who um, has turns out to have the infection. So I think there's going to be a real education phase that goes as you move from the current the current phase um, to the next phase and finally the third phase um, and helping people understand what is it I can do and not do or um, um, and how do I get, um, how do I minimize my chance of getting infected? Uh, what do I do if I develop symptoms? So do you think COVID-19, this pandemic has kind of thrown us into the world of what once was, you know, kind of the strategies for value-based healthcare in regards to this case care management? Are we moving closer to it or are we moving farther away from it? Yeah, I, I think I think it's done a couple of things. One is that it really it has pushed us into doing population health, um, unlike much more accelerated. Um, I think the FK, the health centers and other primary care providers and other people in the health system have quickly adopted the way that they offer their services because of the pandemic. Um, I also think we have come to recognize the one of the shortfalls of um, fee for service medicine. Hmm, which yeah. is that it's very much dependent upon um, face-to-face um, 
uh, encounters versus managing a population. And fortunately, the telehealth rules have been relaxed to a certain extent, right. but only, but still doesn't really let us use the full care team. Right. And so moving towards more of a capitated model, I think people are increasingly realizing the value of that population uh, approach to um, to primary care reimbursement. Yeah. So your point here is really just that fee for service isn't necessarily well suited for the pandemic and also isn't well suited for value-based healthcare looking for alternative strategies to be able to, to be successful. Yeah. Well, and I'd also say it's not well suited for us outside the pandemic as far as managing um, certain acute conditions and and certain chronic conditions that can be met that don't require a face-to-face encounter, but that's how we deliver the service because that's the way we get paid. So should we be, should most of management of, for example, hypertension or diabetes or, or mild mild or moderate depression, anxiety be managed both a face-to-face encounter in a clinic setting or should it be managed remotely? Um, and so I think it's this has really pushed us to be much more creative on how we're managing it. And for some of the, some conditions, um, there is a real advantage um, to moving towards a more virtual um, means of, um, of managing those conditions, whether it's within a pandemic setting or not. Uh, the only other thing I would say is that um, I think there has rightfully so been a lot of attention on first responders and hospital emergency rooms and ICUs and during this pandemic. Um, I think what there hasn't been enough um, attention to is going upstream in terms of primary care practices that um, can be much more proactive in uh, reaching out to patients, educating them on how to reduce their risk, how to recognize symptoms, um, how to act, best access the system. Um, I mean, it, it would always kind of really concern me to turn on the evening news and see people lined up outside New York City emergency rooms waiting to get tested right. uh, when most of them should have been home and had been having consultation with their primary care over telehealth. Because if, if they went there and didn't have the COVID-19, there was a reasonable chance that they stood in line or, or sat in the emergency room that they would come home with the, with the infection. So right. I think I think there hasn't been enough emphasis on primary care and the upstream importance that it plays during a pandemic. Okay. Thanks again, Dr. R. Jones. We appreciate your time. Next, we're going to hear from Adrian Mann and get a little more in the weeds about delivering care coordination. Thanks for taking your time to join with us today, Adrian. What are some principles you've been doing case and care management, care coordination um, for a long time now? That's kind of your nursing career and what you've done a lot of. How, like, how do you concretize this concept into action? The main principles that I think about with care coordination is like you don't have to build a perfect care coordination program to start with. Okay. You just have to start somewhere. Right. So the basic principles are you screen people to try and figure out what their health risk are is. You take a data-driven approach to decrease their risk of going back to the emergency department in the mm-hmm. hospital. And you just have to get it out of your head right now that you're going to be able to help everybody right away because you're going to have to figure out how to do it as you go. Okay. I mean, I think I think it was, you know, it was probably two years in the care coordination program that I built before we really felt like we got like we were we had some momentum. So lots of concepts out there. You said taking first steps. You you quoted screen data driven. You can't help all. So when you're screening individuals. 
is it best maybe to start with the last bullet point here? You can't help all. Is it better to start with targeted populations then um, and then screen? Sure. So if it, if it was me and I had no care coordination program, or even if I had some, is the first thing I would do is I would try and figure out who of my patients had COVID-19 or had a positive test. And okay. maybe you're lucky and you can run that report or mm-hmm. you you have three or four patients that you could at least start with. You know the two that screened positive at your organization. Okay. I would call them and see how they're doing. Gotcha. That's kind of where I would start. <laughs> okay. um, there's a really good tool, the prepare tool that mm-hmm. um, does a good health risk assessment. There's tons of health From risk. NAC, right? Uh, yeah, you can find that on the NAC website. Okay. Um, there's there's tons of good tools. A lot of insurers have their own tool that they want you to use, which okay. is part of the quagmire that is care coordination is that everybody has a different tool, but just okay. choose one and start asking patients those questions. There's pretty simple principles that help you to keep patients out of the hospital that are data driven. It's okay. making sure that they understand their medications and actually have their medications in hand okay. and that they know what they need to do to keep themselves out of the hospital. Like nobody, nobody gets out of the hospital and wants to go back. It's about giving patients the tools that they need to stay home. Okay. So backing up here, I'm starting from scratch. We decide we're going to get all of our COVID-19 positive patients. We find some type of tool. We could use a prepare tool. We use that prepare tool to screen them. That Does that screening then tell me what to help them do? Because you, you made this comment of what do I do, right? What for the patient, they don't know the answer all the time to what do I do? Did the, does the prepare tool help you identify gaps? Okay. So the, the prepare tool goes over a lot of the pieces that we know we should be asking about in healthcare as far okay. as social determinants of health. Right. Honestly, if you talk to the patient and listen to them and get the opportunity to kind of revisit some of your skills that you learned mm-hmm. um, whenever you were learning to first talk to patients, is they're going to tell you what they need. Gotcha. Is almost, uh, I'll tell you that even even without a tool in front of you, most most patients come back and recognize that they need really the help that they need is getting their medications. So like making sure that they've actually gone to the pharmacy and, or that they can get those medications delivered from the pharmacy and that they know how to take them that, that, I feel like you take care of the majority of your problems. Um, and then just making sure, you know, a lot of times patients will just say things like, well, I had a question about this. And if they can gotcha. talk to you, like a short conversation or mm-hmm. a telehealth visit with a provider or a nurse can often answer a lot of those questions that they have about what they should be doing. And that that takes care of a huge chunk of problems, right? Gotcha. And so it's not... It's not a perfect solution, but it's pretty it's pretty easy, right? So if you can find your patients that were that had COVID nineteen mm-hmm. and either were hospitalized or even if they weren't hospitalized, and you just call them and ask them how they're doing and see what they need and help them to take care of those needs, that that really can help a lot. Okay, so the tool prepare could be a tool you use, but it could also be kind of the basis of building some scripting and questions to just have that dialogue and discussion. Sure, absolutely. Because I, I think the real key and the the reason that patients get readmitted or they go back to the emergency department is just because they don't know what to do. And so if you ask them, you know, what questions do you have now that you're not in the hospital on a lot of drugs, maybe you're thinking a little bit more clearly, how can mm-hmm. I help you understand these pieces? And maybe even having those conversations with their family, if that's appropriate, um, you're, it's really just about empowering them so that they can do the things that they need to do to keep themselves healthy. Okay. So this concept of care case core, you know, care case management, care coordination is really about having these dialogues with patients to understand where they're having gaps and doing education and helping them 
work through that then. I mean, like I'm trying to oversimplify this, but I'm also trying to make this like super easy to do out the gate. Am I stating that wrong? No, you're, you're not stating it wrong. And I think, um, you know, that that's really why care coordination sometimes doesn't work is because we get all caught up and, you know, it has to be totally perfect. You're going to call and find out needs that you have no idea how to solve. And then you're going to do a bunch of Googling and figuring out how you can help that patient. And that that's really how you start to build a care coordination program is talking to your patients, figuring out what they need and trying to provide that. Gotcha. Okay. The last kind of point you shared was this idea of being data driven. Like, what does data look like when you're taking your first steps? Sure. So I think one big thing. So if you're starting out with something simple, like calling to check on your patients, right? Mm -hmm. So that let's start with something very simple that anybody can manage is one thing you'll want to look at is like, what is our success rate for calling? So if we call this person, okay. are they going to, I think that's a big one. And so for instance, um, whenever I first started doing this, what, and I, my guess is that the data would be very different now because there's a lot more people that are at home. <laughs> but whenever, you know, if we would call during the day, our success rate would be like, you know, one in 10, one in 20, something like that. Okay. And if we would call after five o'clock, then we, we'd hit like 50% of people. Okay. And so, you know, don't, don't be beating your head against a wall, like uh, choose, choose smart times to call patients where you're actually going to get some responses. Okay. Um, and that might require changing your hours. And I think um, we're starting to see healthcare as a whole because of the COVID-19 crisis, take that more seriously. Mm -hmm. um, one with telehealth, because there's a lot more flexibility that you can have with telehealth, but then right. also just thinking about that if, if your schedules are not as full as they normally are, which is what we're hearing from a lot of health centers, then you, you need to meet your patients where they're going to come to you, right? So if you mm -hmm. want to get paid, then you need to provide a service that people want. And that includes what time you do that at. Prior to COVID-19, case care management, care coordination was often something that people would couple with population health management and value-based kind of contracting, right? Mm -hmm. Now we're in COVID-19 and it just, it doesn't feel the same. So like, why? <laughs> why does it feel the same? <laughs> I think, I think it does. Whenever you talk about care coordination, you often talk about value-based payment and it, mm -hmm. it makes sense. Because, you know, care coordination is an evidence-based evidence -based strategy for increasing the value of healthcare and keeping people yeah. healthy, which is all, what value-based payment is all about. But I think the interesting thing and why, why it feels different, but the skills are applicable whenever you're talking about COVID-19 is like the big thing you need to do with care coordinating patients that have had COVID-19 is don't lose them. Hmm. Right. And, so, and so like we're so our, our health system is really, you know, it's not designed currently to track patients. It's, yeah. it's very much we take care of them in the visit that we that we scheduled for them. We provide mm -hmm. them with their diabetes care. We schedule them a visit and we really hope that they show up. They come and back. Sometimes right, they yeah. know show. Yeah. So sometimes they come back. Sometimes they no show us. Sometimes they cancel and we never hear from them again. Yeah. And we find it frustrating around the time that we do our UDS metrics. But other than that, we don't really think about how we're going to track mm. them. Yeah. And so it's really about building a system that is designed to actually keep track of people. 
yeah. which is helpful in COVID-19, but is also helpful. Like if you're actually trying to keep somebody healthy, then you got to follow up with them. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it feels great to like chase people through, right? Like you, you perform a test you're following up with them, showing them the results, making sure they don't, they understand how to self isolate and self care and when to seek care. And it feels like, I don't know, it just feels great, cool, awesome. But, um, but it, it's different. It's a totally different way of providing care. And I, I think that the, the thing that I always come back to whenever I think about care coordination and why it does feel so different is because one is it very much is in the hands of the patient, how successful you are mm-hmm. in tracking them is they, they have, a you know, they, they really are the ones who are calling the shots. And in a lot of cases, if you're doing your job well, you're not providing as, um, I, I, you know, I'm going to hearken back to Tim's podcast. <laughs> he talked whenever he was talking about um, about medicine. He was like, you know, I I am not interested in the diagnoses as much because so much of what I do is the same stuff. It's mm-hmm. more about how many diagnoses he can make. And I think um, when you're thinking about care coordination, you're rarely providing some of the most interesting. Um, clinical diagnoses, but you're really starting to just get to know your patients and being Mm. able to understand who they are outside of your four walls exam room. Right. um, And how that interacts with their health, which I think is just significantly more interesting whenever you start to dig into it. What I was thinking about with all the telehealth that people are providing is Mm. like, I think it's really jarring to providers who haven't done it before because it's it's a question about like, how do you do an exam? And there are some real questions that come up with that. But like the other piece that we're starting to see and you're starting to see the aha moments happen is like, what does it mean that I can see where my patient lives? Right. Yeah. Right. Seeing their homes <laughs> and seeing who they are. And yeah. Right. Because, uh, you know, if you hear like whenever you talk to me, you can immediately hear my dog barking in the background. You know mm-hmm. what's happening there. You could ask me to show you my fridge. You can kind of see what my body language is like whenever I'm at home, how comfortable I feel talking to you about yeah. um, any details of my life. And I think I think there are things that can be learned, like you said earlier, the soft skills aspects that we we sometimes miss yeah. whenever we're trying to whenever we're trying to just crank out visits. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, the other cool is there's a vulnerability to it, right? Like you're being able to see into the lives of your patients in ways that you've never been able to before, kind of outside the four walls of the exam room. Absolutely. I'm sure you've seen the memes that are like, you know, the one clean corner of my house is where I do my Zoom call. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Adrian. Um, yeah. Appreciate your time. Care coordination and care and case management do not have to be difficult to start. Begin with starting with the script. Identify your patients and jump into the deep end. These will have lasting impacts on your patients. We challenge all of you to use this time to build something great, a standard for the future normal and how we will all deliver care beyond the four walls of our exam rooms. Please leave us a review and share with a friend. Thank you.